So for the last few weeks, we've been looking at Romans. And um, I sat thinking about the things that I've been struck with, as we've heard from this, this epistle. Romans is a, a succinct theological treatise on the Christian faith and its application. In other words, it's all about living Christianity. It's how we live as Christians. Brian gave us a very good um, picture when he spoke. He introduced the book of Romans and he spoke about the Ro Roman road to salvation. And he took examples right through Romans of how we're sinners and we were doomed, but God's love changed that. And he showed us several passages that explained the road to salvation. There's no condemnation, we've already heard that this morning. God loved us and he wanted that relationship with us. And we look through, Paul, Paul actually says during this epistle, I'm not perfect. I don't do the things I should, and I do the things I shouldn't. He was acknowledging that we're all the same. Every one of us is a sinner. We all make mistakes. We all go wrong. We all have difficulties. But, because of Jesus, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Rick used the... the um, quote this morning about um, salvation, if we confess then we are saved, if we confess with our mind, if we believe and confess we are saved and so we looked through and then we came to chapter 12 and the first verses of chapter 12 were, therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to this world, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Be changed. Don't conform. Paul talked about loving others. We've already talked about God loving us. And in Romans 8 it says, Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from God's love. We can separate ourselves from God because we can choose to wander away. But it doesn't stop him loving us and it doesn't stop him seeking us out to return. His love is immeasurable. You just, you just can't explain it, but nothing can separate us from that wonderful love. So we come on to chapter 16, the end of Romans. And I looked at this chapter, and as I looked at it, I thought, you know, it's divided into three sections. The first section is a list of commendations. The second section is a list of warnings. 
And the third is greetings and doxology. I'm going to focus mainly on the first two sections. The commendations. The first 16 verses use the words greet so-and-so, and I've picked out a few of these. In verse 1, greet Phoebe, a servant of the church. She has been a great help to many people, including me. How many people do I help? And could I do more? That's what I have to think. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. They risked their lives for me. Obviously a couple who were prepared to sacrifice everything they had to support other people. They sacrificed themselves for others. Greet Apelles, tested and approved in Christ. That's all we hear. And it doesn't say what he did, but I imagine that in difficult circumstances, he showed his faithfulness to Christ. Not prepared to compromise, but to stand firm. He stood firm. Greet Triplini and Trifosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who's worked hard in the Lord. Ladies, you're getting a lot of mention this morning. We won't forget the men because they're important. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother, who's been a mother to me. God needs mothers, spiritual mothers. Am I one? Is there something I need to do to be one? As we grow in the faith, we can encourage others. The church needs fathers too. It urgently needs fathers. Men, you are not excluded. You have an important role. The church needs mothers, spiritual mothers and fathers. What is God saying to you about this? As I looked at these commendations, I asked myself the question, what would people say of me? What would my commendation be? And I have to say, God, you have a work to do in me to make me a shining light for you. Show me where to change so that I can be more like you. So that I can have a servant heart. Great, isn't it? Now, commendation. <laughs> the warnings. The warnings come in verse 16, and chapter 16, verse 17 to 19. I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching that you've learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Watch out. Jesus recognised that there would be division, there would be a danger of division in the church. He prayed for unity for the disciples and also those who would believe. In John 17 he said, Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. 
My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them be one, just as you are in me and I am in you. He prayed that we might be united, that there wouldn't be division. Prayed that the disciples would remain united as they already were. Men's failings have changed this, and hence Paul's warning about division. Who are you listening to? In a postmodern pluralistic world, we're told anything's acceptable. What does God say? Has his word changed over the years? Those laws he gave us at the beginning, are they irrelevant today? I would say emphatically, no. It's so easy to be wooed by the modern idea of you can believe anything. Paul is telling us to go back to the truth of the gospel. God gave us specific laws to help us live life to the full. Not to be punitive, but to live life to the full. Jesus summed up those laws in two, two particular things. Love God and love your neighbour as you love yourself. Just two simple laws. Love God. And if you're loving God, you'll obey him. And love your neighbour as you love yourself. Paul talks about being naive. And I thought, I can imagine some people are sitting there thinking, I'm not naive. What an insult. And they may be offended by that statement. But you know, you can be an eminent theologian and still be taken in by ideas that are not of God. You can be really educated and still be taken in. Being naive isn't being simple. Being naive is actually lacking wisdom. And the Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God. And I would say we need to pray for wisdom at all times. In the world today, we need to pray for wisdom, that God will guide us, that God will reveal the truth to us. So when people start saying things to us, oh yes, you can accept this or you can accept that, we actually go back to God and say, God, what are you saying? What does your word say? What is the truth? In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, stand firm, let nothing move you. If you're standing firm, what are you standing firm on? Standing firm on the rock. The rock is Jesus. You're standing firm in your relationship with God. And if you have that relationship, a good relationship with God, you can stand firm because you will be listening to him. You will be seeking that wisdom. You will know what he says in every situation. When we're bombarded with all these outside ideas, what do we do? Do we stand firm or do we flounder? We have to be on our guard at all times. Peter says, discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Steadfast in your faith. 
for you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. Be alert. We need to be alert in every situation, all the time. Satan's a very good deceiver and longs to see us fall, just as he saw the fall in Adam and Eve. He longs to deceive us too. There are those who would cause division. Just look at the church today. We need to examine ourselves and see where we stand with God. Where do I stand with God? Do we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? Or do we pick and choose what we want to believe? The world would say, well, you can choose what you like. But do we stand firm and acknowledge that the Bible is the inspired word of God? Paul says, stand firm in your faith. Stand firm. As a young student, I found a deeper relationship with God and was introduced to the working of the Holy Spirit. Coming from the church I did, I'd never heard things like this before. But at the end of my time in Birmingham, I went home and I sat in the church that I'd come from and I looked around and I'm afraid I didn't see the things that I'd been used to. No prayer meetings, no Bible study, and certainly no home groups. Nothing where Christians could come together to share together. And in my youthful arrogance, I went to the minister and I said, right, this, this and this is wrong with the church. It's time it changed. And you can imagine his response. His response was, my dear, you're young. You're mature like the rest of us. What he meant was, you'll die like the rest of us and you'll just plod on and just be in a rut. See, without the foundations of Acts 2.42, that church was dead. And Acts 2.42, to remind you, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And the outcome of this? Day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Without that, we flounder. We need to be on our guard at all times. Paul encouraged us to put on the whole armour of God to enable us to stand firm. We need to be protected. We've got a fish pond at home and during the winter and early spring we cover it with a net to protect the fish from the heron. <coughs> this year we took the net off too early and the heron took advantage. The net's now back on again. You see, we let our guard down and we put the fish in danger because we thought, oh yeah, we're okay. And what Paul is saying here, don't let your guard down. Be on your guard all the time. Protect yourself, put on the armor. Keep that armor there so that we can't be damaged by the persuasion that doesn't come from God. We need that protection at all times. 
spend time in God's word. You'll have heard me say this a lot because I really feel strongly about it. Meditate on it. Let it sink in. Yesterday morning we, we went along to Waffle Church and Sam encouraged us to close our eyes and listen to a story and reflect on that story as, as we, we listened. We thought about the story. We thought about if we were in that position, where would we be? What would we be doing? We really thought and prayed and meditated. Let God's word sink in. Ask him to show you, before you start reading the word, ask him to show you what he wants to tell you today. You'll be amazed by what you learn. And, and sometimes I'll go through to Brian if I've been studying the Bible and I'll say to him, do you know what, I've just seen this. I've read it so many times and I've just seen it. And he said, yeah, I know, I've seen that. But it's just that God has just revealed that to me at that time. And, and it's wonderful because he, he reveals so many treasures to us. If only we'll spend that time. But we need to ask him first to guide us. Take time to pray. And remember, prayer is a two-way thing. It's, just not, it's not just a shopping list of our needs. But it's acknowledging God, allowing him to speak into our lives. We need to hear him. We need to hear his word for, for us. And we're told to weigh everything given to us. Is it in line with scripture? Do we weigh some of these modern ideas? Or do we just think, oh, that's a good idea, I could go with that. No, everything that we hear, we should weigh and say, God, are you saying this? Is it of you? What are you saying into this situation? Be alert. Be careful. Be on your guard. Make sure you're protected. Have that relationship with God. That's such a relationship with him that actually Satan can't deceive because you know straight away God is giving you that wisdom because you're seeking that wisdom and you can say God help me give me wisdom in this situation show me what I should accept show me what I should put aside teach me Lord what sort of things distract us so that we're not on our guard and as I thought about this, I felt God remind me of the story of Samson. Samson was called by God for a purpose. He was to be a Nazarite. He wasn't to cut his hair and the different things. And Samuel knew that he had a special strength. Samuel's downfall was that he became full of his own importance and he let his guard down because he was distracted by beautiful women who knew how to wear him down. He was distracted because that was his distraction. What's our distraction? That we let our guard down. Is it our work? Is it our family? Is it our enjoyment? There are all sorts of distractions that come against us all the time. What is it that distracts us and makes us let our guard down? Paul's saying, be on your guard. Don't be distracted by flatterers. Just do not be distracted. People can make things sound so believable. 
Our children are being exposed to ideas in school all the time that are contrary to God's ways. We need to pray for them regularly that the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth to them and that they will be able to stand firm because they already have a relationship with God. We need to pray for that that they will find that relationship with God, that they will stand firm in these situations. Our children need your prayers day by day by day. Make it an urgent request. God loves our children. We do too. Stand firm. Don't be distracted. Be on your guard at all times. And then the end of Romans, Paul sends some greetings from different people. But he finishes with these words on a note of victory. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to obedience that comes from faith, to the only wise God, to him be glory forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's give him the glory and him alone. Amen.